putting you on mute, Rabbi Feldman, so I can type for work. <laughs> okay. So uh, how do we find meaning in life's tests? That's what we're going to try and uh, address, try and understand. You know, when we go through hard times, what does it mean? And what are we supposed to do with it? And is it supposed to bring us somewhere? So there's a woman named uh, Chris Carr. She was a best-selling author. She wrote Crazy Sexy Diet, which was Amazon number one, New York Times bestseller list, um, wrote a whole bunch of books, impacted a lot of people, helped a lot of people with their, with their health and also with their illness. Her first book was called Crazy Sexy Diet, uh, Crazy Sexy Cancer, believe it or not, in 07. And that was because five years, four years earlier, she herself was diagnosed with cancer, had cancer in her liver and her lungs. And instead of kind of succumbing to it, becoming depressed and giving up, she proactively started to research the different treatments available, uh, radically changed her life in terms of a healthy lifestyle, and uh, totally beat the odds. And then went on not just to do that, and you know, to kind of go back to her fun, enjoying life, but she dedicated her life to helping others get through that test and to, um, and then expanded it beyond just cancer patients, but in general, kind of serving as a teacher for people to learn a healthier lifestyle. So um, there's a lot to learn from this. And what we're going to see is that the Torah's outlook on, uh, on hardship in life uh, is that it's something that we're supposed to learn from. And certainly, you know, with all this shutting down, self-isolating, quarantining, uh, people are going, being tested in a lot of ways, whether it's being isolated and learning to be kind of more self-sufficient and overcome the isolation. And uh, people are going to be tested, are, have been, and are going to be more tested financially. A lot of people, if they have small businesses, I know people have been put on unemployment, getting 40% of their salaries. Um, some people are tested by being isolated with their family members and having to get along with them. That can also be a test as well. And then of course, God forbid, there are people who are being tested uh, in their health who are contracting the virus and getting sick. Um, there are people who are being tested who are sick, who are, my father-in-law sat in the ER for 48 hours because the hospital had to cordon off parts of it for corona patients. So the regular patients are getting, it's harder for them to get care. So uh, a lot of people are going through a lot of tests. And, um, and what does that mean? And where does that lead us? And what are we supposed to do with it? So imagine if someone said to you that you have the opportunity to become great and your life to be full of blessings. But in order to meet that opportunity, you've got to kind of leave behind everything you have and go on a journey uh, and start your life over completely. And 
don't know if this is a comparison, but where I used to be a rabbi in Long Island, I went back, we go back regularly to West Hampton Beach and there, there was one of the families, they weren't there. And I said, oh, you know, where's, where's uh, I think his name was Seth, where's Seth? And I haven't seen them around. And he said, you didn't hear? He was put in the witness protection program. He was a construction worker and a contractor homes and somehow the mob gets their tentacles into that's one of the industries and there was a court case he was subpoenaed to testify because he had information so by law he had to but the consequence was he would have to com completely change their life and move to a new place and his kid their kids give up all their friends and not be in touch with anyone so it's quite a test uh, i can't imagine what that would be like so if we look in the Torah, this is exactly what Abraham and Sarah had to do, right? The famous commandment, God tells them to leave everything they knew and go where? To the land I will show you. And so the rabbi tells us that Sarah and Abraham were tested with 10 tests. And there was a famine when they arrived, they took it on to Egypt, Sarah was taken, they went back, they had problems with their neighbors, with Abimelech, um, and then the ultimate test of Abraham being told to offer his son's life. And Nachmanides says something very important and very poignant, which is that those tests were not like a pass-fail test. It wasn't, the, okay, let's put you through a hard time and see if you fall apart. The idea of the test is that people are given challenges that help us to become great. That's the Torah's reframing of the whole idea of going through hardship. By the way, if you guys have any questions, you wanna add something, feel free to pipe in. You can share with notes on the side if you want. Um, so feel free. So, um, so the idea of a test is, uh, is really a challenge to grow and to become greater and uh, and the problem is that our Western society really gives us this message that what is life? Life is daiquiris by the poolside, right? That's life, right? We work hard, so eventually we can go on a vacation or retire, put our feet up, sit on the, in the shade and enjoy life, take it easy and, uh, and have kind of all the pleasures that we want at our fingertips. That's kind of uh, what Madison Avenue wants us to think the goal of life is, right? You work hard and then you get rewarded hard and rewarded well. But, you know, we see that that doesn't really, that's not really true because, um, you know, there's a guy with Jack Whittaker some years ago he uh, also owned a construction company. He won the lottery. I don't know how much it was, 10 million, 20 million, five million, it doesn't matter, right? Once you get above like five, 10 million, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> 100 million, you know, uh, how much leisure can you buy? Then the rest is just kind of like bling, you know, the bigger house, and the bigger boat, and the bigger this. But basically going to not having to work, have, being able to do anything you wanted with this life. And over the next four years, he proceeded to self-destruct. 
become a drinker and a drug user, uh, gambled his money away, and unfortunately, like many lottery winners, uh, fell apart. And that goes completely against kind of the message of, yeah, daiquiris by the beach, by the pool, and life is great. So what was the problem? Why did he fall apart? Because life no longer had any meaning, any purpose, any challenge, and he wasn't challenged to grow and to become better. And so in the face of that, he just kind of fell apart. And we talked last time about uh, the importance of having meaning in our lives, but this is even something different. This is when we do have things in our lives that are hard and that are challenging, uh, we feel more fulfilled and we feel more actualized. We feel more vital and we feel like our life is purpose and it has, is going somewhere, is going in a direction. And, uh, and we feel more empowered and we feel ourselves grow. So the idea of growing, you know, in a career isn't just about success and being paid more. It's the idea of feeling more, you know, that we have fulfilled our purpose, that we've actualized our potential. And, um, and that's something that, uh, you know, is not, is, you know, at first glance might seem counterintuitive because it goes against the life as Daiquiri's philosophy. In fact, it's uh, diametrically opposed to it, right? And you see that think, people think that uh, the opposite uh, of pleasure is pain. And it's not that, you know, pleasure really comes when we're working hard and when we are challenged and when we're actualizing ourselves. That's the real pleasure. And to do so require, often requires pain. Sometimes just the pain of hard work. Um, and sometimes it's the pain of challenges, which we don't necessarily want, but once they come, the question is, how are we going to meet them? That is the question. So we'll get back to that in a second, but I wanna add this, that um, the, uh, the Kabbalistic teachers had, have this idea that we are put in this world. This is the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Lutzato, in Derech Hashem, the way of God. And the idea is that we're put in this world for a purpose. That's clear. And there actually are different understandings. What is the primary purpose? Is it to serve the Almighty? Is it uh, to actualize our pleasure, which we'll see comes through self-actualization, as we just said? Um, is it to do Torah and mitzvot? and to spiritually uplift the world? Is it to be a light unto the nations, tikkun olam? These are all ideas which are found out there. And uh, the goal tonight isn't to discuss which of those is the main goal of life, according to the Torah. But we're going to focus on this idea of the Ramchal, that we're put into the world with certain deficiencies, with certain uh, strengths and certain weaknesses. And the purpose of life is to fix those deficiencies. 
the purpose of life is to uh, is to grow spiritually and particularly in the areas where we are weak. Now, um, uh, the Ari, Rabbi Isaac Luria, also a great Kabbalist, he was 500 years ago, considered to be the greatest Kabbalist of the last 2000 years since Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, perhaps. And, um, and he talks about the idea that every person in this world has a yehud, has a mission in life. And that mission involves serving the Almighty with our God-given uh, gifts and with our being of who we are. And the idea is that God handcrafts a life of challenges tailor-made to each of us so that we can grow in the ways that we need to grow. It's a wild idea because once again, it completely turns on its head the idea that, you know, uh, when things get hard, it's a bummer and I wish they were just good and just calm and, uh, you know, daiquiris by the pool. So this is saying exactly the opposite. It's those are the challenges which we're meant to have, which are given to us. Now, I know what you might be thinking, and uh, the Talmud says there was a rabbi who was very ill, and uh, he says, you know, his colleagues are there, and he kind of is talking about the suffering he's going through, and they say to him, the idea, there is a uh, an idea of sufferings of love, that he was put through this hardship so he could grow and get more reward. And so what he says to them is, you know, tell the Almighty he can keep his tests and keep the reward. Uh, I'm not looking for it. But sometimes the challenges are not what we're looking for, they find us. And when they do, we can either fall apart or we can either look at them and embrace them like Chris Carr did and, and, and kind of uh, live up to the challenge and to grow from it and to stretch ourselves and to, uh, to meet the challenge by becoming greater, by finding inner resources we never knew we had, and by digging in and, um, and living up to the moment. And what's, what's, what's wild about what's going on in the world is, you know, it's not just a few individuals who are being challenged in this way, although the world leaders certainly are, but it's the entire world. And it seems to be like every individual. It's a mind blowing idea if you think about it, that every individual on this planet is now being challenged. The anxiety of, and the fear of illness, uh, the changes that they have to adapt to, whether it's working from home, not having work, the isolation of having to stay at home. And if you think about it, I mean, it's, it's wild that, uh, that this is going on. Virag has a note here. Uh, by the way, uh, happy birthday, Virag, right? It's your birthday. Thank okay. you very much, indeed. And it's great having you I here. Can, I can 
I can share with you the question with my the question like okay out so what happens so I understand and I acknowledge that this is a huge setback for everyone literally everyone but my struggle really comes and my anxiety being triggered by the pure fact that I went through so much during the last two years that I just finally started to breathe again, started to get back my life again. And now I feel like this whole thing is just pushing me back into the places that I was trying to To, heal from mm -hmm. for two years. To dig yourself out of, yeah. Yes. And that is a huge struggle for me, especially that today is my birthday. I'm turning 35. So definitely that's like not a, not a helping factor at the moment in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like I'm re really uh, struggling to find some kind of holdings for, for this, this trigger mm -hmm. in my life right now. Look, I don't have any easy answers for you. You know, sometimes when I've gone through hard times or I've seen people go through them, the, the best answer is just keep trying to hold on as best you can. And there are times where you might feel like you're slipping, times you might feel like you're down. But every time you pull yourself up, a little bit out of that is a victory. And just being able to hold on is the victory. I, I, I hear you and I appreciate that. I think I'm just like a little bit, you know, like scared of the uncontrollable that I'm running out of time in terms of my dreams for my personal life. And this whole is just like definitely not helping that aspect. And this might be a very personal experience. So I don't want to, you know, take up other people's things, but this is what's well, on my mind. We can definitely talk offline and I welcome you to reach out. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, the rabbi, I just quoted the story, you know, you, you know, the te you're giving me a task, God. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Right. Uh, I don't know if it helps that the whole world is going through it. You know, it's not just another hard lick you're getting. Yeah. Um, but for you and your own path, it doesn't help. Right. But what I'm kind of where I was going with this and, you know, your circumstance is particularly difficult, but where I was going with this is kind of we individually are supposed to figure out how this challenge is something that we can grow from. But it's not just that. It seems like it's the whole world is being given this challenge. And you know, we live in a generation, uh, I guess I'm a different generation, but I can say for myself, you know, my, my mother and my grandparents fled the Holocaust and I very much grew up with that. And I was always lived with the reality that we, it was so incomprehensible to understand what they went through because our lives have been so much the opposite, so sheltered. And if you look Jewish history, there's never been a generation like American Jewry, who's had it so cuddled and without so many, without any disruptions. So, you know, we are being challenged, just like they called the generation after World War II in America, the great generation. My mother's family fed the, fled the Holocaust. My father was in the American army. 
and that they call it the great generation because they stood up to the challenge. You know, America could have tried to stay out of the war. Okay, when we're bombed by Japan, they couldn't. But they had to live up to this incredible uh, test of taking on the Axis powers. And after winning the war, they were called the great generation. So we really haven't lived through a worldwide experience which is like that. People individually, you know, have difficulties and challenges and Virag just shared some of hers. Uh, but, um, but this is a worldwide phenomenon and the question will be, you know, which we can't necessarily answer, each of us can answer for ourselves, you know, how am I gonna live up to this and meet the challenge? And what am I gonna learn and grow from it? But what is the world supposed to be learning from this? And what challenge is the world supposed to take? And, you know, on the most obvious level, in society or in the world, uh, are people gonna hunker down, pull everything closer to them, survival for me, go out and hoard, uh, you know, push my way so I can get what I need? Or like the story I told at the beginning before some of you logged on of the, um, the nurse I know who's treating coronavirus patients by video in Jerusalem, uh, the patient in the bed next door to the person she was videoing with said, you know, I'm much better shape than she is. How can I help you? What can I do from inside the ward for her, for the patient next to me? Instead of lying in her bed and feeling sorry for herself, she asked, what can I do for the other? So uh, it seems like the world's being challenged. Will the world come together? And will, will countries come together? And will societies and communities come together? Um, people say, you know, we're coming together by pulling up, by separating. Um, but we are, because even by separating, we're helping the elderly who are the most susceptible, right? Younger people are way less susceptible, yet everyone's being asked to, uh, to limit their lives, to uh, isolate, to go through this radical life change for others. So that's one more global theme that we can look at. On a more personal level, um, we're talking about the challenges of our weaknesses being challenged. Uh, Rabbi Eliyahu Dessler, another great sage of the 20th century, he pointed out that each of the patriarchs and matriarchs were challenged in a way to challenge their weaknesses um, and, to, and to kind of challenge uh, the quality which was their strength. So what does that mean? So Abraham, who was embodiment of loving kindness and giving, what was his test? The test was to take his son Isaac and offer his life, which was the ultimate act of cruelty. Fortunately, he never had to follow through on it, and it's a very puzzling section of the Torah, and we can't uh, really go through understanding it in its depth, but the point is, he was challenged to go against his nature of givingness and of mercy and of goodness uh, to, be, to be tough. 
And Isaac, who was embodied gvura strength, inner strength, self-discipline, uh, in, inner purpose, uh, he was challenged because his neighbors stole the wells, plugged them up, uh, pushed him out, and his natural inclination would have been, how dare you, and to confront them and to stand up for himself, because he was gvura, he was strength. And he had to learn to just let go. He realized this is a battle I can't win. I'm just gonna let go and go dig another well. Giving up his ego, giving up his quality of you know, justice and strength, and had to learn how to give in. And Jacob, who embodied the quality of truthfulness, he had to learn how to use subterfuge, uh, shtick, as we say, uh, become an operator uh, to get the blessing from his brother, who really wasn't equipped to live out the blessing. And then later, in later with his father-in-law, who was kind of uh, exploiting him, he had to figure out a way to grow his side of the business above his father-in-law and to do it in a not uh, deceitful way, but um, you know, kind of manipulative way. So he had to learn to be more cunning when his quality was kind of uh, purity and naivete and simplicity and truthfulness. So each of their tests, as we've talked about before, Jacob was thrown all of these deceptive people in his life to learn to kind of adjust his truthfulness to the realities of life. And Isaac was thrown these confrontations to learn to walk away from them, the very opposite. And Abraham was given this challenge in order to learn that sometimes he had to give tough love, not just merciful love. So the idea is that when we get these challenges, sometimes it challenges us to go against our nature and to develop sides of us we never would have cultivated otherwise. So that's another way to try and look at the challenges and to say, okay, you know, what, how can I grow from this? What am I meant to learn? Is there something that I'm supposed to stretch in order to live up to this? You know, sometimes we're given a difficult boss or a difficult person in our life. And we're like, you know, why, why am I going through this? And there are lessons to be learned. And if we look at it that way, we turn the whole idea of, oh, my life's being disrupted. What a bummer. Or we feel a victim. Poor me. Or we feel incensed. How dare this happen to me? Or how dare God do this to me? And we turn it all around and we say, okay, I'm being challenged. How can I live up to the challenge? So this is kind of a strategy which I think we can then come and take and apply to, as I said before, whether it's being challenged financially at this point or whether it's being challenged on a personal level with family or roommates we have to isolate with that are difficult to, or whether we struggle with feeling depression and now being more isolated exacerbates that. Um, 
we're all being challenged in some way. I just came out of 11 days of quarantine and uh, it was challenging. It was challenging and I had to kind of, you know, there are times where I felt like I was wasting my time and just kind of like tuning out and I kind of then, okay, get a grip. You can use these 11 days productively and I tried to structure myself and stay focused and, uh, and make the most out of it rather than just kind of like being bummed and being down about it. So, uh, so that's kind of, that's, that's the Torah's outlook on when life becomes challenging. These are tests to get us to grow. There's a Midrash talking about Abraham again. And for those of you who are in Israel, there's an idea that, uh, well, the Midrash said that Abraham, where did he live? He lived in Ur-Kazdim. Ur-Kazdim was like, you know, cosmopolitan in New York. Wealthy, cosmopolitan, he said, people, because uh, Mesopotamia, the Fertile Crescent, the rivers every year would overflow, automatically water and fertilize the fields, and life was very prosperous and very good. And he saw the people sitting in the cafes and having luxuries and having leisure time, and by the way, that's why civilization started there, because people had more time to develop other crafts and other discoveries. So he saw that, and God says, leave the good life. Walk away from it. And where did he send them? He sent them to the land of Israel. And he gets to the land of Israel, and what has he got? He's got stones and hills and rain that maybe comes, and the people had to work the land hard. They had to break the stones, pull them out of the fields, till the land, get it ready for the rain, sometimes irrigate it, and it was a hard life. And when he saw this land, he says, this is a land where people of God can be cultivated, can be developed, can be created, because the spiritual path is not an easy one, although it's a rewarding one, and it takes work. And a people who are used to working the land in this way are a people who can habituate themselves to work uh, for spiritually. Um, so that is the Midrash that kind of says that the challenge that they had in their kind of material lives was something that could help build an inner fortitude, which could lead to other great accomplishments. Once again, like our Chris Carr, who went through cancer. Or you can give the example of the Holocaust survivors, who, um, who you know, there's studies done, and there are, I don't know what the statistics are, but it's pointed out that there are a good number of very successful Holocaust survivors. And there's a debate, nature versus nurture. Is it that the strong people were the able, ones who were able to survive the Holocaust and then were able to uh, also, oops, we have a visitor. Say hello, everyone. Oh, how cute. Funny visit. Okay, he likes to explore the different rooms. So, um, He's very therapeutic, by the way, when you are isolated at home. Um, so, <laughs> he just came into the study. Uh, pushed open the door, by the way. 
Um, so, uh, so what are we saying? That, um, oh, the Holocaust survivors. Or is it that having gone through the trials they did, they learned a certain fortitude, which then carried them through life? So whichever one it is, but there is this correlation to people who went through these extreme tests and people who afterwards rose to great accomplishments. And once again, we shouldn't wish such a thing on someone, but um, there are many people, as we said before, when their lives are too easy and too leisurely, they kind of fall apart. And, um, and that's something which, you know, the ideal would be to have the, um, to have, sorry, I should kick them out. Um, very distracting. The idea would be to have the um, the blessings and then to live up and to to use them to grow even more. But that's very that's very difficult to do. Not everyone can do it. So um, so that's the idea: is to reframe our challenges as an opportunity for growth. And uh, I have a story for you here. It's kind of a uh, symbolic story, but I wanted to share this. So the story is of a mother whose daughter is going through a very hard time. And her mother took her to the kitchen and she filled three pots one with water. In one she put, uh, and she boiled them. In one she put carrots, one she put eggs, and the other one she put coffee beans. And she let them sit and boil. In about 20 minutes, she turned off the burners. Uh, she fished out the carrots and put them in a bowl, took the eggs and put the coffee as well in a cup. And then she, tell, she said to her daughter, what do you see? So the daughter said, I see carrots, eggs, and coffee. Her mother said, true. But each of these objects faced the same adversity. They all faced the boiling water and each reacted differently. The carrot went in strong, hard, and unrelenting, and it came out being softened, but weak, and vulnerable and easy broken up, easily broken apart. The egg, which had been fragile, with a thin outer shell that had protected a liquid interior, after going through boiling water, its inside became hardened. And the ground coffee beans, they were unique. After they were in boiling water, they had changed the water. So the idea is, which of these three am I? Am I the carrot that seems strong, but when it's put through the test, uh, becomes soft and loses its strength? Am I the egg that starts softer, but when challenged becomes tough. And, um, you know, some people after they go through a breakup, a romantic breakup or financial hardship or some kind of trial, they kind of harden and say, kind of feel like it's me against the world and put up a wall. Or am I the coffee bean? And the coffee bean, which when confronted with the hard water, the circumstances, uh, it releases a, f a flavor, a fragrance, which isn't a pleasant fragrance, 
And if you're like the bean, when things get hard, you, your best comes out. And not only do you become transformed, but you transform the world around you as well. So these are three metaphors for three different ways that we can kind of come out of challenges. Falling apart, hardened, or living up to it and becoming better, not just ourselves, but bettering that which is around us. And, um, and so I said, you know, in, in these challenging times, hopefully we can be the coffee and figure out how to make the most of it and see, you know, are there people we know who are isolated and reach out to them, video them, um, someone need a delivery of something. How can we, what can we do to help others and help the people around us uh, rather than focusing upon, you know, our own uh, misery or feeling sorry for ourselves or getting down. And so how can I use this time with my roommates, with my significant other, with my family to become even closer? How can I use the time to develop myself in ways which I wouldn't have otherwise? So these are all things to think about. And, uh, you know, I hoped to have certain projects I could work on. And I mentioned before, my father-in-law is in, in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the hospital and our son is trying to get into the country and I'm working on that. My sister in uh, New York who was in a bad accident, just went through surgery and we have all sorts of legal issues. And uh, yesterday was one of the, actually probably one of the hardest days, I don't know of my life, but it was up there, it was in the top 10. And the first thing to say is things turned around very quickly. Our son, we figured out a plan and we're on the verge of getting him in. My father-in-law, we got a plan, he's doing better. My sister was just sent back to, um, to her um, rehab center after two days after surgery, which she didn't expect. And all of a sudden everything turned around. And when we were in the middle of it, didn't even have time to feel sorry or to feel, we definitely felt stressed. But um, just kind of like, okay, these are the challenges. Let's just address them. Let's live up to them. And um, that's been my last two weeks of quarantine and then being thrown into trying to deal with all these crises. And uh, you make the best of it and, uh, and you learn from it and you realize I can do this. That's been going around. I can do this, right? We can do this. And let's try and have that with the mindset that this is bringing out the strength in me and what weaknesses are my being challenged what ways am i being pulled to grow and um, stretched and i'm going to try and stretch and i won't always succeed and sometimes i feel like i'm failing as i said to virag but each time we hold together and each time we refocus and we get a grip and get back on the productive path um, and connect spiritually, try and pray, try and meditate, try and use our time well and meaningfully, try and learn Torah, try and read inspirational books uh, and not zombie out too much on the internet or in the 
videos and entertainment. And, um, and each time we do is another victory. So uh, any questions, shared thoughts or feelings from you guys? We're all good? Do you feel this has been helpful, anyone? Yes, Barry. Thank you yeah. so much, Rabbi Feldman. And we can take this and try and uh, bring it into our lives and, uh, and get through this. And uh, as I said before, if anyone would like to talk to me personally, available for that as well. And uh, we should all go, uh, we should all weather through this challenge and this individual challenge, community challenge, world challenge, and, uh, and come out stronger and be able to hold on and, uh, and just do our best. Don't be tough on ourselves. Realize we're going to have setbacks. Realize we're not in our normal, normal routine, normal environment. Some people that just not have being in our normal routine is such a challenge. And, uh, and we'll get through this and we'll be stronger and we'll even see maybe afterwards how we've grown and how we've stretched. Have a Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat uh, Shalom. We've been doing these every two days. So next week, uh, I guess Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And invite you to join us again. Thank you so much, Robert. Be well and be safe. Thank you. All to you and your family. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom to you.